Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. Hi, I'm Howie Silberger, and welcome to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. It is a honor and a privilege to be here with you, and, uh, and I'm really happy that we're here and sharing some time together. It um, has been a really rough couple of days, and uh, I know that, that, that you felt the roughness the same way I did. And I know that, that you feel the same way I feel when it comes to uh, barbarism and the, and the cruelty and the absolute disgusting display of support for the murder of Jews that was displayed across North America in the last day or so. I know you're as revolted as I am about these rallies supporting Hamas and supporting the killing and the murder of Jewish men, women, and children, innocent people who were massacred in the streets by Arab Nazis. I'm sure you're as disgusted as I am at this unbelievable, crazy, insane support for this terror attack that killed hundreds of Jews online. And I'm sure if you've been scrolling online and reading the comments and some of uh, the comments on every Jewish commentator on Twitter, on, the, on, 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 on Instagram, on TikTok, you've seen the vile, disgusting comments put forth by supporters of Jew murderers, supporters of Arab Nazis. But 150 people showed up in downtown Montreal to support Nazism, Arab Nazism. A couple of thousand people showed up in downtown Toronto to support Arab Nazism. Now, I know we live in a democracy. I know that our, our, our democratic right to speak is predicated on everybody else's democratic right to speak. And I understand that that's the basic tenement of democracy, that we choose our government, that we have the right for freedom of speech, the right for freedom of expression. This I understand 100%. I get it clearly. And I get that if we want to experience and we want to really enjoy freedom of speech, we can't limit other people's freedoms of speech. And I don't seek to do that. People who want to support Arab Nazism support the murder of Jews, the massacre of Jews. I won't call these people animals because they're not animals. Animals are too good for them. I'd be insulting animals if I called them animals. These monsters that think it's okay to drag families into the street and shoot them and behead them and kill children in front of their parents, and kill parents in front of their children. People who feel that's okay. I'm ashamed to be living in the same country as these people. I'm, afraid to, I'm ashamed to be living on the same continent, in the same world, breathing the same air. It's shameful. It's disgusting. And the silence... The silence is even more disgusting. The silence is even more disturbing than the people out there screaming. People out there screaming, I could, I, I, I could understand. Fine. Fine. At least you're telling us who you are. I understand it. Fine. I know that you are a murderer. And if you had the opportunity to murder Jews here in Montreal, or you had the opportunity to murder Jews in Toronto or in New York, you would go out and do it. Because you're showing your true colors. Those people I understand. It's the people who are constantly condemning. The people who are constantly screaming and yelling that Israel's an oppressive state. Israel's an apartheid state. Israel's oppressing the Palestinians. People con constantly condemning Israel. These are the people I don't understand. I don't understand how they're silent right now. How they are silent when 900 innocent people were massacred. This I don't understand. 
I don't understand how these people could live with themselves, how they could sleep at night. I don't get it. Maybe you do. You could call in if you want. one 669 1292 is the number to call. If you want to get on the conversation, feel free. But I just don't understand it. I don't understand how people could sleep at night knowing that they are very vocal. Oh, I'm progressive, they tell me. I'm progressive. I'm so progressive, I, I can't stand the fact that Israel is, is, is occupying land. I'm progressive. But not progressive enough to condemn Hamas. Not progressive enough to scream and yell and be upset. Not progressive enough to, to stand in the street and yell that this is wrong. That the genocidal tendencies of the Arab Nazis that committed this atrocity is wrong and unacceptable. Unacceptable in humanity, unacceptable anywhere. They would never say that. It's not politically correct enough. It's not woke enough. You see, you, you, you got to fit into this box. If you don't fit into that box, then what are you going to do? It's completely unacceptable. It's completely disgusting. It's completely revolting that people could be, could be, could be in support of this. How do you support? The mass murder. How do you support the, the indiscriminate killing of innocent men, women, and children? How do you support putting babies into cages? Weren't they screaming about babies in cages on the border just just a couple of years ago? And now a video of babies put into a cage by Hamas. And men standing there laughing at these babies as they're crying for their mothers. That video has millions and millions and millions of views and these people who are who are, who are condemning Israel nonstop right and left day in and day out who made their business to condemn Israel those people have been awfully silent and the silence is the problem this is the problem the silence is the problem one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. The um, the leaders of a couple of countries put out a statement today. It was in fact it was the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. They released a joint statement. They had a they had a phone call today to discuss how they were going to react to the um, to the to Nazi massacre of Jews in Israel. And they released a statement today. Uh, noticeably absent in the statement is Canada. So this statement is only France, Germany, Italy, United Kingdom, and the United States. So this is what they wrote. I'll read it to you. Today, we, Presidents Marcon of France, Chancellor Schultz of Germany, Prime Minister Maloney of Italy, Prime Minister Sunak of the United Kingdom, and President Biden of the United States express our steadfast and united supports to the State of Israel and our unequivocal condemnation of Hamas and its appalling acts of terrorism. We make clear that the terrorist actions of Hamas have no justification, no legitimacy, and must be universally condemned. There is never any justification for terrorism. In recent days, the world has watched in horror as Hamas terrorists massacred families in their homes, slaughtered over 200 young people enjoying a musical festival, and kidnapped elderly women, children, and entire families who are now being held as hostages. Our countries will support Israel in its efforts to defend itself and its people against such atrocities. We further emphasize that this is not a moment to, for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage. All of us recognize the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people and support equal measures of justice and freedom for Israelis and Palestinians alike. But make no mistake... Hamas does not represent those aspirations, and it offers nothing for the Palestinian people other than more terror and bloodshed. Over the coming days, we will remain united and coordinated, together as allies, and as common friends of Israel, to ensure Israel is able to defend itself, and to ultimately set the conditions for a peaceful and integrated Middle East region. Basically, they are saying, it's time to get rid of Hamas. 
It's time to get rid of Hamas. It's time to get rid of Hamas, to wipe them out, to level them, to destroy them. This is what has to be done. And Israel must do it, and I think Israel has resolved to do it now. It should have been done 20 years ago, but unfortunately, Israel wasn't a strong country, not strong enough to do this. Now they are strong, now they'll do it. After attack like what happened this past weekend, they, they better do it. It's time to finish this. This can never happen again. The words never again must mean something. This can never, ever happen again. Not in Israel, not anywhere else. It's, time, it's, it, it's the end of the line for the meek Jew. The end of the line for the Jew, uh, the peacenik, who, who says, oh, negotiation is the key here. This is where negotiation led us, to a Nazi attack on Jews. This is where negotiation landed us. Now, I want, I want to correct a lie that has been perpetrated and has continued to be perpetrated uh, continuously continuously and continuously perpetrated. And I think it's important that we, we, we realize that facts are facts and we don't really have to indulge in lies. I've heard over and over and over again that Hamas was elected the government of Gaza. That's not exactly the truth. And let's be honest, it's not the truth at all. Hamas was elected the the government of the entire region that was given to the people colonies of Palestinians during the Oslo Accords. In 2006, the people unanimously voted in Hamas, putting the PLO out of business. The PLO went crying to the Americans, who then pushed Hamas, who with the help of America, the PLO helped, and Israel, Israel and America helped the PLO push Hamas into Gaza, where they had a bloody civil war where the PLO was trying to destroy Hamas, and Hamas ended up destroying the PLO in Gaza, and then took over that region. They are actually the legitimately elected government of all of the regions given to the so-called Palestinians after the Oslo Accord. So let's stop pretending that the people living within the borders of Israel and the people living without the outside of the borders of Israel are any different. Let's stop pretending that the people of Gaza and the people on, in Judea and Samaria are any different. The Arabs want to destroy the Jews. The Hamas Charter says it very clearly, kill Jews anywhere they live, not only in Israel, anywhere they live. This has nothing to do with land. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with wanting to destroy Jews, committing another genocide, being the Nazis of twenty of the, of the 21st century. You can call in. Um, the line should be working. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 I got a couple of messages of people trying to call in who said that the line's not working. Uh, give it a shot again. And uh, message me if it doesn't work, and uh, we'll try to figure out what's going on. But uh, the line should be working. one 669 1292 And when, uh, when the machine answers, just push number one, and you should be able to hit the show. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I do appreciate you joining me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is it's infuriating. It's infuriating to think that we are living amongst people, that we are living in towns and cities Amongst people who believe that there is some right, that there, there is some kind of absolute right for people to go and murder men, women, and children in their beds. Where we're living amongst people who, who expressed their joy and satisfaction that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of innocent men, women, and children were murdered. We're, 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 we're destroyed. It, it seems to me, it just seems to me that this is a, uh, this is, this is extremely, extremely disturbing. How, how do you know? How do you do that? How do you live knowing that the people next door to you, there's people around the corner, that the people, the people, people that you know, People that you work with, people that you take the bus with, people that you stand in line at the grocery store with, 
support the mass murder of your brethren? How do you survive that? How do you know that? What are you supposed to do? How could you continue? How could you continue moving on in life? How could you continue living in the towns and cities that we live in, knowing that people around you are disgusting, terrorist-loving people? It just seems odd to me that we, we could live like that. It's just so weird. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. I'm going to take a little break. We're trying to fix the phones. Uh, we'll be right back. Hopefully the phones will be fixed when I come back. Give me, give me, give me two minutes and I'll be back right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The lines are fixed. Uh, they, they seem to be working. So give us a call. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. When the machine answers, press number one and you get you right here on the show. We'll get you right here right now. Uh, 1-877-669-1292. So there were, um, there were vigils and rallies held across North America today. All the federations across North America, all the United Jewish Appeals and federations across North America decided at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, their local time, 7 p.m., was the time to do these rallies. And uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting. In Montreal, the rally was held inside the federation building. In Toronto, was held in middle in middle of the street, and I always thought, and I always found it weird that you would have a rally, a protest, or a, a demonstration showing support for for whatever cause you're showing support, and you would do it inside a building. What message are you sending? That you're scared and you're just going to hide inside a building? It, it just seems it seems strange that you would want to 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 do this. Inside a um, inside inside a fortified building. Why wouldn't you want to take back the streets? The Jew-hating murderer-supporting people were in the streets. Why would you want to just stick around? And, and it's just so weird. I, I don't get it. I, I really just don't understand why that would happen. In, in Toronto, they were um, in Toronto. They were they were in the. Um, in the streets, they, they were they were protesting in the streets. They were they were they had their big rally. They shut down a subway station. So I I don't get it. Uh, I I would have had it in the streets. That's just me. Anytime I've ever organized a protest, it was always in the streets. It's the only thing that made sense to me. But alas, I, nobody asked me my opinion. I'm just offering it. Nobody asked it. Uh, this is uh, this is just the way it is. Uh, unfortunately, in Montreal, the people in Montreal decided to do it inside a building. The speeches were quite interesting. Um, nothing surprising. It seems to be pat speeches that that are always given at these rallies. They they try to uh, they try to get people to clap, and so so they come up with these these lines. People clap. Yay! Thank you very much. Boom boom boom. End of story. In Toronto, the uh, the mayor of the city was there. In Montreal, we didn't have the pleasure of having the mayor of the city. In uh, in New York, the mayor of the city was there, but apparently, the mayor of Montreal is uh, is too busy to to show solidarity. Such is life. These things go on. Life goes on. I I I really think that these shows of solidarity are great. It's great public relations. It's a great way for people to show that they are um, that 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 they're supportive of Israel, but they don't really do much. You want to do better. The people who are advocating for violence against the Jews, the people who are standing in support of mass murder of the Jews, the people who are advocating continuing the murder of Jews anywhere in the world, should be arrested. Now I know we're talking about um, we're talking about the whole concept of free speech, but if you're advocating the murder of someone, you should be arrested. I, I really honestly believe that you should not, you should definitely not be allowed to be in the streets calling for the murder of people. That should should never happen. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? 
Hi, this is Kevin from Chicago. Just calling in. Your phone lines were down. Hey, Kevin. Uh, you made it through, so thank God. Welcome. Yep. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, just to, had to call in. Said series of events going on, and um, I think it's only going to ramp up and get even worse. It's, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but definitely said said stuff going on. Um, I don't, what I want to talk about was kind of the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy of people who were claiming to be, you know, leftist, um, so-called looking out for the little man, looking out for the quote-unquote oppressed versus the oppressors. Now all of a sudden they're hardcore right-wing um, supporters of Israel. I just find the hypocrisy nauseating because when it comes to Europe, they say, oh, no, you need to accept these migrants. You're a racist if you don't. Uh, refugees welcome, so on and so forth. But when it comes to Israel, they're saying, oh, no, we need to secure the border. We need to retaliate hard, and it's just... Do you see where I'm coming from? Obviously, if you're a um, you're a right wing Jew and you're a Zionist, and I, I got no issues with that. You, you can support your nationalist, support your people, but just the hypocrisy of some I see leftist Jews all of a sudden they're it turning these hardcore right wing Zionists whenever it comes to Israel, but when it comes to America, the southern border, when it comes to Europe, it's all about progressive values and um, a tolerance and inclusiveness and all these other Marxist lingo. Well, and I uh, just think, you know what I mean? Kevin, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I, I would I would step it back a second, though, because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that uh, the leftists that that support, uh, you know, letting letting the Mexicans come in and, and take over America. I, I'm not so sure that the people that the Jews who are supporting that are so right-wing when it comes to Israel. Uh, there are plenty of really left-wing Jews when it comes to Israel. Jews calling for uh, a two-state solution. Jews calling for an international country where everybody can live, uh, everyone can live together and getting rid of the state of Israel altogether. I mean, there, there are plenty of Jewish organizations out there and plenty of Jews out there that lead anti-Jewish movements. So, so I'm not so sure that, uh, that I would say the radical left are, are really that pro-Zionist or pro-Israel. Um, the moderate Jew could flip back and forth, but 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 I, I think the leftists are, are leftists all the way through, through and through, and uh, unfortunately they're misguided and they're 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 somewhat nuts, if you ask me. But but I th- I'm pretty sure that uh, that the people who support um, anybody coming through the border in America or anybody coming into Europe uh, are, are the ones who are calling for a uh, for either a one state Arab solution to the state of Israel or a. Um, or a two-state solution where Israel is reduced down to two cities, and the rest of it's given to given to the Arabs of the region. Um, at least that's that's the way um, I see it. I, I, there's definitely that. There's definitely a lot of those Jews who believe that that um, it's about their their leftist through and through, and they support all leftist causes. But there is definitely a contingent who their their hypocrisy. There's there's hypocrisy involved. I mean, just someone like Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post comes to mind um i mean there's there's countless others but that they're when it comes to israel they're hardcore right wing when it comes to american and european russian politics then it's they sing a different tune it's but definitely there, there's always hypocrisy on the left though too so so when you when you think about um think about the COVID, think about the whole COVID situation where, where, where the left was screaming, the radical left was screaming, you have to follow the science, you have to follow the science, take the, take the drugs, take the experimental drugs, follow the science, follow the science, wear a mask, follow the science, and, and you know, it's fine with them expressing their opinion, whatever, right? Uh, but, but then, but then when it comes to, when it comes to following the science when it comes to gender or following the science when it comes to, uh, to sexuality, then suddenly, you know, whoa, whoa, the science doesn't mean anything. You know, science is fluid, right? But but it wasn't fluid with oh, anything. Yeah. So so the hypocrisy exists in other in, in other forms in leftism too. So leftists are in general hip, hypocrites, in, in my opinion. They're they're never consistent on anything. Let's go wherever the wind blows. No, there's there's hypocrisy on all sides. Definitely, there's there's hypocrisy on all sides. But 
Um, yeah, this that was just something that came to mind because I was paying attention to it. I've been paying attention to it for a while, and it definitely exists. Um, I just think that Jews deserve to have a homeland. They deserve to be safe, and without freaking people, without the nut jobs doing what they did, I mean, and every other race deserves to be, be safe and have a homeland and so on and so forth. But there's definitely people trying to sabotage that with ulterior motives, and I think even you can agree with that for whatever Kevin, whatever um, agenda they're pushing. Kevin, let me ask you this question: How should Israel be? How should Israel react to to this this horrific Nazi attack on their citizenship? What, what should there be, what should be the appropriate reaction for the state of Israel? I think they need to secure their border and do some serious vetting about the people they let in and tighten down, lock down. Um, see who comes in, see who goes out. Uh, obviously, I've seen some video them destroying the wall. They destroyed it with the bulldozer. They destroyed it with the bulldozer. It was just like a metal fence. and you got to have something more secure than that. If they can just take a bulldozer, take it out, and... That's not good enough. You need some heavy steel, industrialized steel, and stuff like that. I mean, that's as far as the Palestinian side. I mean, they need to live on their side. Let them let them do what they do, and let the Jews on in Israel do what they do. I mean, I do wish people could just coexist, but. It's just not. It's not. It's not working. I don't know what what the solution is. But I wish people could just exist in their own territory. They've been doing. You guys, Jews and Muslims in the Middle East, been fighting for so long. It seems like uh, there really is no answer at the moment. Yeah, it's been it's been a really long time and a lot of bloodshed. It's a, it's, it's a very sad situation that this has not been solved yet. Um, thank you so much for calling, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Have a good one. Howie. All right, that was Kevin from Chicago. Thank you so much for calling in, Kevin. Uh, if you want to call in, you can. one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 Just press 1 when the machine picks up and you should be able to get through. Uh, if that doesn't work, then just message me and we'll figure out another way to get you on. Um, I agree with Kevin to a certain extent, uh, and, uh, and I don't agree with Kevin to a certain extent. Uh, I know that they, the fight between the Jews and the Arabs in Israel has been going on for much longer than the state of Israel has been in existence because this is not a land war. And we have to understand this, and this is something that really, really has to be... It has, it's not really talked about enough. In, in my opinion, it's not really talked about enough. This is definitely not a land war. This is a religious war. The only claim to the land that the Jews have, and let's be honest about it, is through the Bible. So, without the Bible, the, the Jews have no claim to the land. Aside from ancestral claims and, uh, and, and the fact that Jews are the indigenous people of the land, the only land claim they have is through the Bible. Now, the only claim that the, um, that the Arabs have is through, is through their declarations that this is their land. Uh, there, there's no real proof that they, they were there earlier. There's no real proof that they were ever uh, rulers of the land. There was never a land called Palestine. There was a mandate of Palestine that was created by the League of Nations, whose, if you read the actual mandate, uh, the mandate of Palestine, it, it was given to the British, the mandate of Palestine was given to the British to help facilitate the creation of a Jewish state within the land of the mandate of Palestine. So so even the British, who, who called it the mandate of Palestine, and you know, if people keep pointing out, oh, look, the maps say Palestine before Israel existed. Yeah, of course they did. It was the mandate of Palestine. And the mandate of Palestine's sole purpose was the creation of a Jewish state. So, so even you know, going back in history, even going back to there, that, that's what it was. Okay, fine. Put that aside. Put that aside for a second. If this was really a land war, there, there have been so many peace agreements signed since 1990 with, uh, between the two sides that there should have been some kind of agreement to, uh, to, to, end, to end hostilities. That the hostility should have ended a long time ago. A, a stake was created. Uh, the Oslo Accords, the foundation for a Palestinian stake, was created. And then 
one of the Israeli prime ministers at one point offered 98% of the land that they, they demanded with the sole condition that the newly created state of Palestine would recognize Israel as a Jewish state. And Yasser Arafat and Mahmoud Abbas both walked away from the table with that condition. The reason they couldn't take that condition is quite simple. It's against their religion. There is no way that they could create a Muslim state called Palestine and have a Jewish state next to it. Because the caliphate, the caliphate of the Ottoman Empire existed over all the land and since that caliphate existed over all the land, all the land is forever holy Muslim land. So to have a Jewish state on holy Muslim land have infidels running a holy Muslim land is impossible. So the Jews either have to, the infidels have to either be expelled or killed. And this is why the PLO Charter and the Hamas Charter and the Islamic Jihad Charter and the Hezbollah Charter and all the charters of all the organizations that were created in the mid-60s all call for not only the expulsion of the Jews from the land, the murder of the Jews in the land, and in some cases, the murder of Jews anywhere else in the world. Hamas's charter clearly calls for the murder of Jews everywhere in the world. So if this is the case, that they want to murder Jews anywhere they live, they want to murder Jews anywhere they exist, this is no longer a land war. This is now a genocidal endeavor. And if you don't want to believe me that it was a, gen- it's a genocidal endeavor, that Hamas is a genocidal organization... Explain to me, call right now, one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two, and explain to me how this attack over the last weekend that left 900 Israelis dead, this attack which saw terrorists, which saw murderers, which saw genocidal murderers walking into homes and shooting babies in the face, raping women, killing mothers in front of their children and children in front of their mothers, Explain to me how that, how that kind of action, how, how that kind of brutality, how that kind of, uh, of Nazi-like murders in any way helps create a Palestinian state, in any way helps um, end the colonialism, as they like to call it, in any way ends the apartheid, as they like to call it. Explain to me how that works. How this helped their cause in any way. Now, I'm really curious if you feel that this is this was justified and this was the right thing to do. Call in right now. Really, I want to speak to you. one 877 And explain to me how this could be justified. Explain to me how, how, how this works. Because I don't understand the politics behind it. I don't understand the philosophy behind it. I don't get how this could happen. I don't get how anyone could believe that this was a legitimate political expression. How, how, how could it be a legitimate political expression when you're killing people at a music festival? 120 people mowed down by gunfire at a, at, a, at, a, at a musical festival, which was not political at all. In fact, it was a peace festival, a festival, a festival promoting peace and reconciliation and, 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 and cooperation between Jews and Arabs. I bet you and and I could put the donuts to dollars to this, that 90% or, or almost 100% of the people at that festival, at that music festival, were supporters of a two-state solution, believed that Arabs and Jews could coexist next to each other, believed that there could be two states and everyone could live peacefully next to each other and everyone could, everyone could live happily and kumbaya. I could almost guarantee that 100% of the people there support it the Palestinian cause. Yet it didn't really matter. The same way it didn't matter to the Nazis. If you were Jewish, if you were Orthodox, if you were conservative, if you were if you were non-religious at all, if you had Jewish blood in you, you had to be killed. So Hamas didn't really care if they supported their cause, if they didn't support their cause. They didn't even care if they were Israelis, if they were Jewish, who they were. They just walked in and murdered everyone not caring. So you can support whatever cause you want. You could talk about politics from today till doomsday. 
But the reality of the situation in Israel, the reality of the Arab-Israel conflict, it quite simply comes down to one thing. Religion. It comes down to the Muslims do not want the Jews in the Middle East. And they will do everything and anything to rid the Middle East of their Jewish population. To not expel them, exterminate them. Much like the Nazis, they want the Middle East Judenrein. And I'm going to use the Nazi term Judenrein. That is what they are looking to do. That is what they want. It is simple as that. And they proved it this past weekend where they indiscriminately killed 900 people. Let's do the math for a second. The Israeli population is a little over 6 million. We're talking about uh, population proportion-wise. We're talking about about five nine 9-11s in one day. Do the math. It's about five nine 9-11s. It's the largest terror attack ever. In the history of Israel, at least. If five 9-11s happened in America, and somebody came and attacked America, and five 9-11s, they killed, they killed, they killed, what was it, 3,000 people in, 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 in 9-11 were, died, were dead? Approximately 3,000 people? And they killed 15,000 people in a day. How do you think America would react? Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? This is Danny. Hey, Danny, how are you? Welcome to the program. Oh, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I, have, I still have, and I don't know if you have the answer to this, and I'm sure you're perplexed as everybody else. Uh, my, the, 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 the notion and the narrative that keeps going on in my mind is how, how does a border, which is probably the most highly sophisticated border in the world, with you have drones, you have men, soldiers, you have underground, all kinds of wirings, computer systems, you have cameras left, right, and center. I was at that Sturrock border uh, about six years ago. How do they allow for 10 hours for these Hamas people just to go through I mean, you know, usually any time a fly goes through that border, it crosses from Hamas into Israel, and they could they could pin that fly on a on a camera. How do they allow for ten consecutive hours for jeeps, motorcycles, a whole crew of you know thousands of Hamas? How did they allow that to happen? It's bewildering to me. I cannot figure that out. Maybe you. Maybe somebody has an answer out there because I don't. I was um, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I had a conversation uh, the other day with a um, with a highly knowledgeable person who was very knowledgeable in what was going on um, during the time of the attack. Uh, I can't tell you who it was, and I can't even get into most of the details that were shared with me. But I could tell you that um, that it is believed. This is this is the uh, this, the working theory is that there was a cyber attack by Iran which shut down all communications on the border. But uh, even and, so, even there, if there's a let me, cyber let, attack, let, okay, let, me, let me finish. Let me, you think they never undermined that? That that's a factor that was that was that was actually uh, it was actually taken into consideration. But ten hours? I mean, if there's a cyber attack, you know, so, that's so, fine for five minutes. So so what happened? What happened was they they knocked out communications uh, along the border, all the border towns, everything everything went out. They, they, there was no telephone, there was no 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 form of communications, internet, everything was out. And they knocked out and they spoofed the cameras so that when the border guards were watching the cameras because they have long border there and they watch cameras and this, the in the army base they watch cameras, they didn't see anybody coming in. And then they they came into the board they came, they actually came into the um, into the um, army base. They killed the guards in the front of the army base. They walked into the army base and they killed everybody in the army base. The entire army base. Was I know murdered. that. I, I know now, that. I know. I know. I know. I know it. Now that I read. Now, now yeah. the first people they took out were the people watching the monitors, and um, and and this is this is what really happened, is that uh, it was a lack of it was lack of everything. I mean, everything just failed on them, 
And by the time they got their act together, they had already they had taken over two army bases. By the time they got their act together, and, and killed killed the whole town of people. It's 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 insane. It's it's absolutely well, insane. Close to a thousand people. I mean, yeah. as we've seen now. I mean, there was a peace, as you know, there was a peace concert happening not too far away, with over two thousand attendees, and you know they got they got basically uh, slaughtered, and and uh, the Israeli army didn't get the didn't get to any of these Moshavim or Kibbutzim, they didn't get anywhere to them for eight, nine hours. I mean, this is, I never heard of such a thing. This is probably the biggest, you know, mistake that Israel has ever done. I mean, you know, know, not protect. About about two years ago, I did did a show about uh, Israel complacency. So what happens is, uh, and this happens a lot, by the way, in a lot of countries around the world, is that uh, when you don't have problems, like these kind of problems, um, over a certain amount of time, you become comfortable. And when you become wealthy, you become comfortable. And and, and the problem with Israel was the, the lust for um, for survival of the state. See, in, in past generations, they always felt that the state was in jeopardy all the time, that the Arabs could just walk in and wipe them out. And they lost that, they lost that lust, they lost that uh, fear. And once that fear is gone, then suddenly they become complacent. Okay, so it's been quiet on the border. A few rockets come in. I mean, if you watch the videos of the people who live in Starot, and they were talking about the attack, uh, you know, they, they say, look, you know, uh, uh, we would have gone to the uh, bomb shelter because, you know, rockets come in here all the time. We just go to the bomb shelter. It's like an everyday part of life. And, you know, whatever. We accepted the fact that, you know, uh, for the last 20 years, bombs have been raining on our heads, right? Um, so when you become that complacent, uh, then, then suddenly you, you, your guard drops, and this is, I think, what happened here is that their guard dropped. They dropped their guard. Look, nobody's tried to infiltrate the border. They've only been throwing lobbing missiles into the country. So let's put our resources somewhere else. Let's let's worry about other parts of the country which are more at risk. And uh, unfortunately, this is the result of uh, 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 of lack of uh, lack of intelligence and lack of um, and and lack of forethought, lack of planning. And this is this is really what it comes down to. Uh, if they were planned, they'd be prepared for everything. But uh, I'm pretty sure that they, they, you know, they, they kept the minimum amount of guards there and said, "All right, we haven't had, really had a problem on the Gaza border for a long time. They're pretty much lobbing missiles in. We, we've accepted the fact that you know these missiles are going to be lobbed in forever, and you know just move on, right?" And that's the way I yeah. see it. But uh, it's it's very yeah. unfortunate that a thousand people had to lose their lives because of that. Another another thing that you know that worries me is hearing that. You know, right away when you listen to um, media, U.S. media that I've been listening to, and right away they're, instead of focusing on the region and, you know, trying to nip the problem that's happening right now and close it down, because Israel has to show its strength right now and just, you know, close down everything, of course they're stepping again above and saying, well, you know, the real problem here is Iran. And this is just another another way to escalate things and putting, you know, right away the problem is... is Because this is another 9-11. This is Israel's 9-11, I would say. And this is okay? Israel's 5 and Danny, Danny. equivalent to a 9-11 Israel Dan, style. Danny, this is equivalent to five 9-11s. Exactly. So this is like the tragedy of tragedies. Israel's never, has never, you know, God forbid, has passed anything like what they just went through in the last 48 hours. But, I mean, right away, you know, they're pinning, the American media is pinning Iran, and, you know, obviously, if that's where we're going to, then then it's obviously asking, or they're planting seeds that, you know, let's start a World War III, because this is what we want. But, Danny, the, the, the American media is not the first one to call out Iran. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu called out Iran at the UN five years ago. And everyone laughed at him. Remember, he had that uh, that big uh, that big beaker, and he had the red line, and and everyone right. everyone laughed at him. He said, "If they cross this red line, then uh, then then we're in really big trouble." He was talking about Iran, you know, the Iran nuclear deal that uh, that Obama signed. And he said, right. if, we, "If we cross this red line, then we're in real big trouble because Iran's plan is to destroy Israel." And he said at the UN well, in a very public speech yeah. at the UN, and everyone laughed at him. Right. Well, Iran, well, Iran know, has been funding Hamas, Hezbollah. Islamic Jihad for forever, and right. and well, and this is you know Hamas wouldn't exist without Iran. It's as simple as that. Well, look, they they've been putting a lot of sanctions on Iran for years, 
But yet, you know, somehow I keep reading that Biden just gifted them, uh, you know, a bunch of a bunch of monies. I mean, it doesn't well, look. Look, when we talk about sanctions on Iran, it's it's really a false sanction because you got you got to think that that the sanctions on Iran would would also include buying oil from them, but it doesn't. So, so Saudi Arabia buys oil from Iran when they don't have enough to supply uh, the world. So they buy oil from Iran and they sell it to the rest of the world. So pretty much the oil you're putting into their car could have come from Iran. So, so you're funding terror, right? All the governments in the world are funding terror by buying stuff from Iran. No matter what the sanctions are, business is business. And, and that's the problem. Right. And that's, yeah, the, that's the big problem. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, but, but, but as always, you know, it's, it's, civilians that pay the price for all this you know i know that war is a very big business you know and and uh unfortunately it's civilians and that pay the price yeah that's the problem and, so, and that's uh, always the case it's always the little man who pays the price for for everyone else you know and uh it's very, it's very unfortunate it's very sad now these it's ho- very sad now these hostages that are being held in uh in in gaza uh, I, I doubt that they're being held very nicely. I doubt they're being treated very uh, nicely. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, God forbid to be in that situation. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Sometimes I think that you know maybe sacrificing them would probably be more humane than than saving them. It's a it's a horrible thought, but <sighs> yeah, I mean, this is a, just just the thought of of them being there in 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 the conditions that they're probably projected to is, I mean. I don't even want to start thinking or going there, but uh, yeah, I'm just uh, you know I'm thinking of this whole scenario, and it just saddens me as I'm sure every other listener out there and every every Jew in the world that that you know that we're we're we're, we're projected and and you know we we keep repeating the same the, we keep repeating the same scenario and yet we don't learn from it. You know, we could have learned from. We could have learned from from Jacob, you know, when he had when when Asav when when Asav used to come to him, he used to, you know, used to bathe him with gifts, and you know, and when Asav asked, "Why don't you come and live with me? We'll start a business." Jacob would say, "You know what? No, it's fine." And he kept a buffer from his brother, three four hundred kilometers away. And you know, we should have learned from that lesson, you know, years ago. But yet we keep repeating the same, the same, the same error, you know. Danny, what do, what do you think the solution is now? What, where do you think Israel should go from here? Uh, how do you retaliate? How do you how do you react? Not to retaliate, but how do you react to an attack like the attack well, that they suffered? Well, this you know, Israel has to be now very. I mean, look, my my views are at this point are very. You know, you have to be, you have to react very strong and very tough. And you can't have, look, uh, and tell me who does this. It's like, I mean, if you look at Gaza even, how do you allow hoodlums and terrorists to live, to live kilometers away from you, divided by a fence? And you know that on the other side, all they do is is premeditate murder on you and you don't know when it's going to happen. As you, as you know, it happened. It just happened. So how do you allow a group of people to live in Gaza, knowing that the only thing they're thinking about is destroying your people. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. Yeah. The whole thing is absurd. How do you think America would... I mean, we saw how America reacted with 9-11, and uh, I don't think Israel should be any different. The countries I agree. The, the mean, but, that perpetrated this crime... It's got to be so tough now. I mean, look, it's, it, it, if you ask... if. My view on this is very, at this point, it's you have to create a buffer. Uh, you know, you have to create a buffer zone that no one can come into into Israel. We should have a buffer of at least 250 kilometers on all sides that nobody could, you know, nobody could come in. And they should have done that years ago. It should have been done years ago, even after the Yom Kippur War of 67. They've had chances. The problem is that, you know, the leaders of Israel are, Keep, they keep giving in to world opinion, and time after time, we, you know, a lot. Unfortunately, many of our soldiers give their lives for a piece of land, and a year, two, five years later, that piece of land is given back through through a treaty or some through some kind of a peace agreement. 
So, I mean, how should the parents feel of such children? When, mm-hmm. when their children died for that land and now it's null and void. How, how would you feel? I wouldn't feel very good about that, that's for sure. You know, like, think of it. You gave your life to, for a piece of land, for an ideology, and now that piece of land is returned for a peace treaty, which is, at the end of the day, is a farce. Yeah, it's worthless. Because they, nev- because they never hold. Yeah. Danny, thank oh, you so much for it. calling. Appreciate it. Uh, let's let's pray for only that it should only be it should only be good, and that uh, no more Jews should die, and that uh, uh, it should be a it should be a better world. Amen. Take care. Take care. Thanks for calling in. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We have a few minutes left to the show, and uh, feel free to call in if you want to talk. Now's the time. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So Danny, Danny has a point. Uh, the, the response that Israel is giving right now is a strong response, and it has to stay strong. And they can't back down based on world opinion. And I don't think this time they will. I think this time they, their resolve is um, is not only to rid the world of Hamas, which is a which is a great goal, and it's probably the only goal that should be uh, should be achieved. But it's also to avenge the blood of these Jews that were killed by Hamas. Wiping out Hamas is, is the greatest vengeance that Israel could do. And it's also, it's also the most appropriate thing for Israel to do. You, you can't leave one Hamas person alive. I remember years ago, the Ayatollah Khomeini, the original Ayatollah Khomeini, he was being interviewed by Mike Wallace on, uh, on 60 Minutes. Mike Wallace asked him, he said, hey, you know, you're starting up with different countries, and uh, what if one of these countries nuke your country, send a nuclear bomb into your country, and destroy your country? And the Ayatollah Khomeini looked at him and said to him, as long as there's one man and one woman left, then my country's not dead. That's the attitude. We'll sacrifice everybody for the ideology. And as long as one is left, the ideology lives on. I I wish... The world peace, it's going to be a tough week, tough couple of weeks, tough couple of months. If you're Jewish, stay safe, be vigilant, and let's just pray for peace in every in the world. I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. I'll see you again tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network.